Looking for a verbal hand job? Yes, 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 yes. Release your frustrations and listen to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio Studios. Very interesting program. Lots of news, things that you want to hear about, or maybe you don't. Of course, we're going to bring you the unfiltered truth. Horrible shootings in our country. Politicians corrupt up and down the line. Lies propagated in the mainstream media. I'm going to bring it to you right now. lovely Friday here in Las Vegas in the desert, a little chilly. The topic on everybody's mind, of course, is gun control. Mr. Kepler, Richard Kepler, godfather of Renegade Talk Radio, has to be given his homage. He was correct. He predicted an attack was going to happen in America, and boom, it did. Very sad situation. Now, I'm not going to get into the minutia of terrorism. I want to talk a little bit, first of all, about how The argument, the debate about gun control in this country is causing both sides to vilify one another. It seems to me that if anybody's in favor of gun control, they're a communist. And if people aren't in favor of gun control, then they are adding to the murder of innocent civilians and innocent citizens in the United States of America. Either case, all you're doing is is harming your cause. You're not convincing anybody. You're certainly not convincing me. I think both sides sound ridiculous. It's not a good way to lure people to your side. Now, let me ask you guys a question. This was another attack carried out, and the NSA is supposed to uh, be watching everybody. They're supposed to be preventing terrorist attacks. That's the entire point of the NSA's existence. Now, our constitutional rights to freedom, our constitutional rights to privacy have been infringed upon for the last 15 years. The NSA is tracking every single telephone call. They're tracking every single text message. They're tracking every single email. The United States Post Office, as I've said many times, and I'm going to continue to reiterate, photographs every single piece of mail. The NSA has this very interesting program called Interdiction, where they intercept your computer hardware in the mail, and they plant tracking devices into it and then package it back up and send it to you And you would have no idea that it happened. Look it up. NSA interdiction. All of these things are happening in our country. And the NSA, once again, has failed to prevent a terrorist attack in our country. So why are our rights being infringed upon, ladies and gentlemen? Ask yourself that question. Renegade Nation, ask yourself that question. Now, before I move on from this subject, because this is everybody else is talking about it. Before I move on, I just want to read a note from a friend of a victim of the San Bernardino shooting. His name was Daniel Kaufman, who's 42 years old. The note reads as follows. This goofy fool was one of the victims of the shooting in San Bernardino. He was shot and killed, and we don't know why yet. He was also my friend. 
a staple of the Renaissance Fair community in Southern California. He always had a smile for every person he crossed paths with and a drop of pure whiskey for his friends. And he gave really good hugs. You always felt like you were the only person who mattered to him when he was talking to you. He just made you feel that special. He was a bright light in the world and he has been taken from his friends and is from his family for no reason. He was good and he was kind and he died. Probably afraid and probably in terrible pain, possibly alone, and nobody deserves that, especially not people like him. So just remember when we're having this debate, it involves real people, real people are dead, there are real consequences. Ladies and gentlemen, now we're gonna move on. You want to talk about San Bernardino, go to CNN, go to Fox, go somewhere else, I'm not talking about it anymore. I want to talk to you a little bit now on the topic of our rights being infringed upon. Let's talk about a law that's been proposed in Los Angeles. Just bizarre, ladies and gentlemen, bizarre. It's been proposed by the LA City Council member named Nuri Martinez, who, by the way, is a Democrat and who, by the way, is the only woman on the council. This is such a bizarre law. <laughs> okay. If this makes, if this sounds like an Onion article, it's because it really should be. The LA Council is voting on whether it would be legal to send Dear John letters, ladies and gentlemen, to people who have found who have been found to be in areas known for prostitution. Let me let me just clarify that. If you're in an area that's known for prostitution, the LA City Council wants to use automatic license plate readers, which by the way, are probably already unconstitutional and violating your right to privacy and violating your right to travel freely on the streets of the United States of America. They wanna use this technology, which is mostly used to locate stolen vehicles, to now read the license plate of every single vehicle that is in an area known for prostitution, and then they're gonna send letters to your family to say, hey, this vehicle was in an area known for prostitution, which I'm sure is illegal. I'm sure that people will be able to sue the city for slander. Does that make any sense? It's, it's, it's in essence, a thought crime. We're in the era of pre-crime now in America. It makes, it, to me, it is egregious. It goes against everything that this country was founded upon. It is the antithesis of the American experience. Now, Ms. Martinez says, if you aren't soliciting, you have no reason to worry about finding one of these letters in your mailbox. But if you are, these letters will discourage you from returning. Returning. Soliciting sex in our neighborhoods is not okay. Mostly women and young children are being violated. End of quote. Now ask yourselves, this seems to be the reason why every single egregious violation of our privacy, that is the, that's the justification. The poor children. That's right. That's right. So now, if you're going to a friend's house to have some milk, you're going to, uh, I don't know, watch a fight, have a hot dog, you're going to stop at a, a neighborhood grocery store. Stop and get some gas. If it's an area that's known for prostitution, your wife, your spouse is going to get a letter. We're to the point now where we're passing laws at potential Johns who may be suspected of soliciting prostitutes simply because they were seen in an area where prostitutes are known to work. All because it's, quote, possible that the theoretical prostitutes that suspected Johns might have been soliciting are potentially underage or might have been forced into sex work involuntarily. In terms of what's possible, it may be possible to all burst into flames from this overwhelming stupidity, ladies and gentlemen, renegade nation. And yet, 
there is a growing segment of people in our population. There was a recent poll that showed that 40% of millennials, 40% of people my age, I'm 31 years old, 40% of people believe that the government should be able to sanction you with penalties and fines of prison or money out of your pocket if you say things that are racially insensitive. These are the same people who are pushing laws like this. And they claim to be the people who are adjudicators of righteousness and justice in our country. I just don't believe that that's so. I don't believe it whatsoever. And if you continue to look at this just downward spiral of our rights being violated, ladies and gentlemen, you'll come to the same conclusion that I have, I assure you. Now with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're all aware now. We all basically agree that the war in Iraq was a scam. There were no weapons of mass destruction. Colin Powell went in front of the United Nations and said, hey, we have this satellite imagery. Saddam Hussein has nuclear weapons. He's going to blow up the entire world, blah, blah, blah. Colin Powell then came out and said years later that he was, mis- that he was misdirected, that he's ashamed of the statements that he made. But who was the individual who was really pushing this? It was Vice President Dick Cheney, former chief of staff under Gerald Ford, former five-term congressman, former Secretary of Defense, Dick Cheney. And Dick Cheney recently received a bust in the U.S. Capitol. How disgusting. This man's a war criminal, ladies and gentlemen. His actions, his, his lies, his propaganda literally led to the death of over a million Iraqis. Do you believe for a second that he deserves a, to be honored in the United States Capitol next to Abraham Lincoln? Do you believe that he deserves to be in the same sentence as George Washington or Thomas Jefferson? How bizarre. And President George W. Bush was there as well, who, by the way, can't even visit numerous countries on the planet Earth anymore because if he does, as soon as he steps off the plane, he's going to be arrested for war crimes. Same thing with Dick Cheney. And we're giving him a bust in the United States Capitol. Shameful, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely shameful. Now, I have a lot more for you. And we're going to continue on Renegade Talk Radio, live from Studio D. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be back in just a moment. I thank you very much for your time and attention, ladies and gentlemen. Be right back. Thank you. You diet, you exercise. And if you still need help lowering your blood sugar, this is Jardians. Along with diet and exercise, Jardians works around the clock to lower blood sugar in adults with type 2 diabetes. It works by helping your body to get rid of some of the sugar it doesn't need through urination. This can help you lower blood sugar and A1C. And although it's not for weight loss or lowering systolic blood pressure, Jardians could help with both. Jardians can cause serious side effects, including dehydration. This may cause you to feel dizzy, faint, or lightheaded, or weak upon standing. Other side effects are genital yeast infections, urinary tract infections, changes in urination, kidney problems, and increased bad cholesterol. Do not take Jardians if you are on dialysis or have severe kidney problems. Stop taking Jardians and call your doctor right away if you have symptoms of an allergic reaction. Symptoms may include rash, swelling, and difficulty breathing or swallowing. Taking Jardians with a sulfonuria or insulin may cause low blood sugar. Tell your doctor about all the medicines you take and if you have any medical conditions. So talk to your doctor. And for details, visit Jardians.com. Non-stop shock radio. The station that shocks you. Renegade Talk Radio. 
ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Live from Las Vegas Studio D. Renegade Talk Radio Studios. Thank you for staying with me. I have more political analysis to offer to you, my dime store analysis. I am a political journalist for one of the biggest websites in America, so you can take my opinions for what they're worth. I'll talk to you guys a little bit now about Donald Trump. I'm not a big Trump fan. I haven't been a big Trump fan for ever. I'm not convinced that he's fit to run the United States of America. I'm not convinced that he's fit to run a corporation, quite frankly. But we'll get into all that. What I want to talk to you a little bit now, I just want you guys to just ask yourself a quick question. In regards to the moral majority in our country, think about this. Just assume... Hypothetically, ladies and gentlemen, renegade nation, assume hypothetically that Donald Trump were to, I don't know, sign the breast of a woman at a rally. In fact, he did do that, didn't he? And the right wing, the moral majority cheered. They said, oh, good. Women love Donald Trump. Look at him signing her breasts. What a guy. Now, imagine if President Obama had went and signed the breast of a woman at a political rally, ladies and gentlemen. Can you imagine the outrage from these right-wing people? I'm no fan of President Obama either. But just imagine. President Obama's standing there, he's kissing a baby, and a woman says, hey, will you sign my breast? And Obama pulls out his pen with the presidential seal, and he signs Barack Hussein Obama right there. Shameful. It's, it's, it's embarrassing, the double standard, the hypocrisy that we see in the political establishment in our, in our country these days. What can you say, ladies and gentlemen? And, and a little bit more on Donald Trump. You know, he was asking for $5 million to appear on the next CNN debate, which is going to be in Las Vegas. So I will be there, front and center, with my press pass. Gator, shoes shined, ready to rock and roll. But Donald Trump wanted his $5 million. And then he said, I'm not going to do it, and I'll donate all the money to the wounded warriors. You know, he was really just trying to placate the the people who are very in favor of the military in this country, saying, well, they give me $5 million, I'll give it to the military people, which was a lie, which was a platitude. He had no, he had no uh, interest in actually accomplishing that. But here's my point, ladies and gentlemen. He said he was going to do it. He said he wouldn't appear unless they give him $5 million. And then what did he do? He caved. Donald Trump caved to CNN. Now, here's a guy who caved to CNN, who caved to suits, executives. And here's, he, he's going to make Mexico pay for a wall just by sheer force of will. He's going to make the government of Mexico pay for a wall, but he can't get CNN to give him $5 million. Here's a guy who says that he's going to look Vladimir Putin in the eye and straighten Putin out through sheer force of will, but he couldn't get CNN to give him any money. Here's a guy who's going to get the wily Chinese to stop currency manipulation, and yet couldn't get CNN to give him $5 million. What does that tell you about the actual rhetoric? And this is what I say to my friends when they say, I like Donald Trump. He's got billions of dollars. Why wouldn't you have him running our country? Just because he has money doesn't mean that he's a capable leader. You ever actually listen to his speeches? It was very interesting. They did an analysis of all the presidential contenders' speeches in terms of grade level. Donald Trump's speeches are at the lowest level, at grade level 3.8, not even fourth grade level. 
because he speaks in platitude. He speaks in rhetoric. He does not actually have any type of plan, ladies and gentlemen. So chew on that, why don't you? Now, there's another interesting thing just the other day. Ben Carson. I saw Ben Carson speak uh, in Las Vegas a week or so ago. He was giving a speech at a pro-life luncheon. I don't remember the name of it because it was so completely forgettable and I wanted to just erase being in the room with all these people who don't believe in the rights of women. I wanted to just erase it from my memory. But I was there and I'm not a big fan of Ben Carson, ladies and gentlemen. Now, here's what he said. It's just amusing. He said, President Obama does not have a plan to defeat Hamas. Of course, he was trying to say Hamas, but he said Hamas. So damn those chickpeas. Those damn chickpeas with their sour cream, their salt and pepper that taste delicious on pita bread. Here's a guy who wants to be in charge of the entire United States military, the greatest military that has ever existed in the history of mankind. This is a guy who doesn't even know the names of the group that he purports to want to fight, that he wants to end. How embarrassing for Dr. Carson. I don't understand why anybody believes that he's a capable leader either. And I'm not going to get into all this stuff, you know, where he fought people with rocks and pushed his mother and had all these different fights. To me, that's irrelevant. I don't care about any of that. I care about his ability to be a leader. And this is not the first time that Ben Carson had serious foreign policy faux pas. And I think that's a generous term for the sort of nonsense that he's been spewing. You want to watch the uh, interview on the mainstream media? He mumbled and bumbled for five minutes and said absolutely nothing of substance, ladies and gentlemen. So here we have the top two Republican candidates, both completely full of it. And you can prove they're full of it. I was reading an article in Vox.com, which I'm not a big fan of anymore. I used to be a fan of Ezra Klein and the Wonk blog, but not anymore because Vox.com has really turned into something of BuzzFeed. But this article hit the mark when it was talking about how the media is afraid to take on Trump. And they're afraid to take on Donald Trump because what he's doing now is completely unorthodox to traditional the traditional relationship between the media. Because before there are accepted lies, all politicians lie, and the media could kind of call them out for it. But Donald Trump, he just asserts things as true. He asserts that he saw Muslims cheering, for example, which we now know was not true. We even had Rudy Giuliani go on TV and, and gently corrected the record for Donald Trump and said, well, you know, maybe it wasn't 1,000. Maybe it was, you know, 10 or 20 or 30. But Donald Trump still asserts that it's true. And the mainstream media can't even call him out for it because they're afraid of him. The same is true of the Koch brothers. Very bizarre. Very bizarre. The Koch brothers refuse to attack Donald Trump. Why do they refuse to attack Donald Trump? The typical thinking, ladies and gentlemen, is they know if they come after Donald Trump that they're going to have to deal with him berating them in the media every single day. And they choose just not to do it, even though the Donald Trump is obviously not their candidate. And these are the sixth and seventh richest people in the world. They're afraid to take on Mr. Trump for that very reason. So his rhetoric and his bombastic style of asserting lies has gotten to the point to where people don't even want to take him on, ladies and gentlemen. Just consider that. But it, it, and what bodes even worse for this now is if you look at new polling, Former governor of Florida, Jeb Bush, the heir apparent to the Republican throne, is now pulling at a dismal 
percent which by the way i've been calling for months in renegade talk radio everybody at renegade nation listening to me knows i've been saying that jeb bush is going to drop out everybody knows that i've been saying that jeb bush is not going to be the nominee and now it appears that that moment will soon be upon us ladies and gentlemen what another week another month the caucuses in uh iowa what do we have 59 58 days until the 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 caucuses happen I don't suppose that Jeb Bush is even going to last that long. But what happens when he when he actually gets like 5% of the vote there? Is he going to drop out then? And you have to ask yourself, once Jeb Bush drops out, who's left in the Republican field? Who's left? You know who's left? It's, it's Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio is basically the last establishment candidate beyond Ted Cruz, who I'm going to get to in a moment. But Marco Rubio is going to be the next, you know, heir apparent, which, by the way, I've already covered in Renegade Talk Radio, that a Cuban is not going to be elected by the inherently racist base of Republican voters, especially the diehard people who come out in primary season. It's not going to happen. But I just want to tell you guys, if you've been listening to me, if you've been listening to my programs for the last few months, I pointed out months ago about Marco Rubio's affair. I pointed out months ago that Marco Rubio is broke. Even though he signed a million-dollar book deal, he has over a quarter million dollars in liabilities. I pointed this out to everybody. They said I was crazy. They said that I didn't have any evidence to substantiate it. And now, if you if you look at Marco Rubio, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Now there are rumblings in the media about Marco Rubio's mistress. Pictures of his mistress have alleged to be surfacing. And when that happens... Guess what? Bye-bye Marco Rubio as well. And then what happens, ladies and gentlemen? Jeb Bush is going to fall. Marco Rubio is going to fall due to a scandal. Who's left after that? Ted Cruz. Just as I've been saying, it's Ted Cruz. And there's a very bizarre article that I read called, Everybody Who's Ever Worked for Ted Cruz Doesn't Like Him. As if that is some sort of precursor to not being president of the United States. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that being well-liked meant that you could be president of the United States, even though it is a stupid popularity contest in our country, which is why we have advertising agencies winning awards for getting the President Obama elected. It doesn't matter if he's well-liked or not. Has he accomplished anything in Congress or in the Senate? No, not really. What has Ted Cruz accomplished besides shutting down the government? And then he went on with... uh, Bob Schieffer and said, oh, I didn't shut down the government. If you watch the video from last year, Schieffer literally laughs in his face and says, if it wasn't you, then who is it? But Ted Cruz is going to be the nominee, ladies and gentlemen. He has more money than Donald Trump. He has a better infrastructure than Donald Trump. And when Bush and Rubio are gone, that is who it's going to be. And people really need to pay attention to Cruz because look at all the rhetoric that's happened. Look at all the fighting that's happened between every single of these Republican candidates. Ted Cruz has yet to attack Donald Trump. He has yet to attack Ben Carson. Why do you think that is, ladies and gentlemen? The reason that that is happening is because he is seeking to absorb Trump's supporters. Just like he absorbed Scott Walker's supporters. He didn't attack Walker. Walker dropped out. Cruz inherited all of Walker's campaign instantaneously. I talked about this months ago. I'm going to continue talking about it, ladies and gentlemen. And eventually I will be proved correct. Not that any of you are going to get on your hands and knees and apologize to me for telling me that I was wrong. That's okay. You guys don't understand the information as much as I do. I get it. I do this for a living. You guys just sit around and watch TV and believe what you're told. You should instead believe what I tell you. But that's just me. I don't know. 
I'm a, what can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen? But it's Las Vegas live from Studio D, Renegade Talk Radio Studios. I'm going to do a quick break. I'll be back. I thank you very much for staying with me. And ladies and gentlemen, I have something very interesting for you when I come back. Maybe you'll find it informative. Maybe you'll find it infuriating. I'm not sure. But I'll bring it right back. My name is Luke Calgiovanni. This is Luke Calgiovanni Show. Wonderful. Live from Las Vegas. Can't get any better than this. Right back. frustrations and listen to blunt talk on renegade talk radio all right we're back luke Giovanni show i'm of course luke Giovanni because it'd be very strange if somebody else was hosting my own program live from las vegas studio d renegade talk radio studios the most shocking and the most offensive radio network in america i have just a little bit more information for you ladies and gentlemen and then i'm going to call it an evening and bid you adieu want to talk about Hillary Clinton. And I'm not a Hillary Clinton fan, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter. Been supporting Bernie Sanders for the last four and a half years, calling for him to run for president of the United States. And I am elated to see him doing so well in the polls. I expect that he will win the Iowa primary. I expect that he will win the New Hampshire primary. But in terms of fairness, because I am not a partisan, ladies and gentlemen, I do not get wound up in party politics. I do not get wound up in terms of party affiliation. I will never, ever toe a line for a party. If something makes Democrats look bad, that's just too bad. It it is not my prerogative to further the end of any political party in this country. And I find that that is one of the detriments to the political process where individuals no longer want to speak truth to power. They only want to speak truth when it scores them cheap political points. I find that incredibly unfortunate because then you put yourself into an ideological box where you have to take certain positions and accept certain positions in the name of the party rather than the name of what you believe to be right and true in your heart. And if more people believe, if more people were willing to stand up for what they believed to be right and true rather than what they believed or what the Democratic Party, the Republican Party spoon-fed to them was adequate and what was necessary to have people elected, our country would probably be in better shape. But we'll never know because that's not the way things happen in America. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for indulging a little bit of a spiel. I want to talk to you now about this very strange story that's going out about Hillary Clinton. It's been all over the news, and I'm going to dismember it for you. I'm going to explain to you why it's nonsense, why it's being propagated, and who did it. So, you're wondering, what is this guy talking about? There's a story going around about how Hillary Clinton's campaign threatened a comedy club owner. That's right. Hillary Clinton's campaign threatened a comedy club owner because there was a 
a set of clips of all these different comedians making fun of Hillary Clinton, which is fine, satirizing political figures in our country, and satirizing political figures has a long history in the world. It is one way in which you can speak truth to power by laughing at those in power. So here's the way the story goes. The Hillary Clinton campaign contacted the comedy club owner. They said, if you do not remove this video, we're going to sue you for slander. We're going to sue you for libel. We're going to put you out of business. And then, of course, this information got to right-wing publications. It was all over the Drudge Report. It was... The story was originally broken by a a group called Judicial Watch, which is a conservative legal group, which, in my opinion, having researched information that leads back to Judicial Watch, you'll find constantly that they'll quote anonymous sources. You'll find constantly that they link to sources to the websites that no longer exist. Big surprise. So Judicial Watch brought this story out and... There's no evidence that it actually happened. There's no evidence that a Hillary Clinton campaign staffer contacted the owner of this comedy club. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. What there is evidence of is this, and I'm going to explain to you the ruse. I'm going to pull back the curtain so you can understand how this nonsense happens in our country. Here's what happened, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody did indeed call the comedy club owner. Somebody did indeed say that I'm with the Hillary Clinton campaign and that if you don't take this down, the Clinton campaign's gonna come at you with a full force of will. The comedy club owner admits that this happened. He admits on the record that it happened. He also admits that he laughed in their faces and that the guy, it was a male, hung up the phone on him. That was it, okay. Who knows who it was, crazy person. Several days later, this story comes out in the conservative media. And Judicial Watch then calls the comedy club owner. They say to the comedy club owner, we hear that a Hillary Clinton campaign staffer called you and threatened to sue you. Is that true, sir? He says, well, somebody called me. I can't confirm if it was a Hillary Clinton campaign staffer. He said, but they said that they were a staffer. He goes, well, yeah, that's what they said. Boom, that's it. That's the story right there. Judicial Watch picked it up. And then they ran with it. Now the story across the blogosphere is Hillary Clinton campaign staffer threatens to sue this comedy club. But it's not true. It's not true at all. In fact, if you look at this, this is, this is the grist for the mill of the politics that we're involved in right now. And it's very easy to set up. You could set it up right now. You could do it right now. So could I. All you got to do is call somebody and say, listen, I work for the Ted Cruz campaign. If you don't do this, we're going to come and get you. Then all you have to do is call Politico or call Slate and say, hey, I heard that the Ted Cruz campaign called this organization and threatened them. Why don't you call and verify that information with them? You call them, they'll answer. So yes, somebody claimed to be with the Cruz campaign. Boom, suddenly you have this big scandal. But none of it was true. There's no information that, that corroborates anything that was said other than the club owner saying that he was contacted by somebody who claimed to be. And obviously the Clinton campaign disavows this. And why wouldn't they? It doesn't make any sense, ladies and gentlemen. 
Why would the Hillary Clinton campaign, less than 60 days away from the Iowa caucuses, why would they call a comedy club owner to have a video removed? Does that sound like something a top-tier presidential candidate with over a billion dollars behind her campaign? Does that really sound like something that they would do? Something so petty? But right-wing people, they eat this garbage up. They eat it up with a spoon and they just shovel it into their mouths and it dribbles off of their chin. It's embarrassing. But you believe this stuff. Go ahead and believe it. But think about what I say to you. Think about that. Does it make sense? No, it doesn't. But that's, that's about it for me. I don't really have much more to give you today. We've covered a lot of bases. What I will say to you, ladies and gentlemen, is I would really much, very much enjoy if you would tune in. I have Carl Higby coming on the program Sunday. We're going to be continuing our debates. We're going to be continuing to show the American people that it's possible to disagree on policy while having a conversation. Ideological opposites clashing head to head. It does not happen in the mainstream media, but we're going to do it on Renegade Talk Radio, the most shocking and the most offensive radio network in America. Groundbreaking stuff. The only people on the planet are doing it. And I give great credit to Mr. Higby for participating. He recently put out a new program, too. You can listen to that. My name is Luke Calgivani. This is Luke Calgivani's show. Political journalist for Examiner.com, national crime reporter for Examiner.com, editor-in-chief of Ruthless-Politics, and We Survive Bush, You'll Survive Obama, one of the biggest political discussion groups on the planet, editor-in-chief of WTF Magazine, a columnist for the anti-media. I've also, I've also recently signed on to work for Liberal America, although I'm not much of a liberal, sorry to say. But you can find my work there as well. Follow me on Facebook. Send me an email at lcalgivani at consultant.com. I'm available for very high exorbitant rates. That's all for me, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.